You are listening to The Tish with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Michael Knopf, please visit MikeKnopf.com. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. We are uh, we are continuing uh, to study uh, um, uh, Abraham Joshua Heschel's uh, um, uh, essays in Man's Quest for God. It's a, a, a book with essays about uh, about prayer, um, and uh, he has a series of essays in in the book. We began last week, um, in which. Um, he offers, um, I think, a very biting uh, indictment of, uh, of the modern American synagogue. Um, he was writing in, in 1954, I believe the book was published, um, but, uh, but I, I believe that in, in some ways um, he would probably write the same thing today. Um, and so the question I want us to, the questions I want us to think about uh, when, when, when we look at this essay are a few. The first is... Um, do you agree with his assessment? Is his assessment correct? Does, it, does, he, does he hit the nail on the head? Second question is, um, if, he, uh, if he is correct, um, what, do we, what do you do about it? If he's not correct, is he not correct because he's not correct about what's happening in the synagogue? Or is he not correct in the sense of... of um, uh, that's not the purpose of coming of coming to synagogue. That's not the purpose of prayer. Right? Is he wrong about the the point? Okay. So those are the questions that I want us to to think about. Um, and so the essay is a spiritual absenteeism. Um, okay. So there is another privation: the loss of grace. Uh, he doesn't mean grace in the in the Christian sense here. He's going to tell you what grace means. Um, our services have so little charm, so little grace. That doesn't mean they're not cute enough. It means something, I think, deeper. What is grace? The presence of the soul. Okay, so he's saying that our services in the modern American synagogue have no soul. A person has grace when the throbbing of his heart is audible in his voice, when the longings of his soul animate his face. Now, how do our people pray? They recite the prayer book as if it were last week's newspaper. They ensconce in anonymity as if prayer were an impersonal exercise, as if worship were an act that came automatically. The words are there, but the souls who are to feel their meaning, to absorb their significance, are absent. They utter shells of syllables, but put nothing of themselves into the shells. Right, so people come to shul. People recite the words of uh, of the prayer book. Um, you know, people uh, people might even shuckle a little bit, right? But it's all perfunctory. There's no they put nothing of themselves into uh, in, into into the prayer. Right? Even the prayer leaders don't put anything of themselves into the prayer. It's all it's all a uh, um, it's all a reading mechanical. exercise. What's that? It's mechanical, exactly. It's all a reading it's exercise. Also, awfully judgmental. <laughs> <laughs> um, Who, how does he know what is going on inside someone else? I can understand yeah. the stuff that comes earlier, where prayer by proxy and community rather than prayer, and because that's more objectified. Mm-hmm. But this really is 
You could be right. Um, I guess the the flip of the question is, if you were to, um, you know, be a space, if you were a space alien, right, you've never been to shul before or whatever, and you went to a, to a, 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 an American site, you didn't know the people, you didn't, you couldn't, you know, you didn't have x-ray vision inside them, right, but you're just kind of observing them. Do you think that you would see things like Heschel sees it, or do you think that you would see things like you see it, right? That that uh, that, that deep down inside they actually have a, 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 a deep connection and feeling. All, all I'm saying is it's you know it's being judgmental of each individual when you really have no way of knowing. Okay. So right. I don't know that my answer would be any different. Okay. Um, all right, he goes on right in in our daily speech, uh, in uttering a sentence, our words have a tonal quality. When I when I when I speak normally, right? I uh, you know, unless I'm like you know reading something you know, from uh, from uh, from a piece of paper or or something like that. But if I'm speaking casually, um, you know, I have passion in what I'm saying. I have feeling in what I'm saying. I my emotions come out of uh, of uh, unless I'm deliberately trying to hide them, right? Um, um, there is there is no communication without intonation. Unless you're Ben Stein or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is the intonation that indicates what we mean by what we say. Uh, you know, so I, you're right. The, the judgmentalism is about you know what's what's inside. It doesn't know, but um, but you know if you're in a conversation with somebody and and their their voice is completely flat and and atonal, um, it's easy to come to the conclusion that they're not really invested in what they're saying. Right? There, there's no okay. feeling there. There's no passion there. But you, but you could be wrong about that, right? It could be just, like, that's how you say it, right? Um, it is the intonation that indicates what we mean by what we say so that we can discern whether we hear a question, an exclamation, or an assertion. Um, <laughs> because it's Parsha Yitra this week, I'll, I'll offer this, um, uh, because it's, and it's related to, to this. You, you hear the... Uh, um, um, the, some biblical scholars um, were uh, um, revisiting the Ten Commandments, and they think that uh, we've been uh, punctuating it all wrong all these years. And so it really should be, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. No, you shall have other gods before me. No, murder. No, steal. Right. Um, that's the idea here. Right. That uh, that 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 uh, our intonation, our punctuation uh, uh, matters. It's the intonation that lends grace to what we say. But when we pray, the words faint on our lips. Our words have no tone, no strength, no personal dimension. As if we didn't mean what we said. As if reading. <laughs> As if reading paragraphs in Roget's in Roget's Thesaurus, Roger, Roger? Ro- Roger. really, I've only Say. ever seen Francais. Fr- Francais. Uh, Thesaurus. Okay, um, <laughs> in Roger's Thesaurus, it is prayer without grace. Right, so uh, so we're just reading words in a book um, with uh, with with uh, no indication of uh, of of feeling behind them. Um, you know, periodically people will will raise their voices in prayer. Peri- periodically people will uh, will you know mumble slightly louder than than uh, you know, um, and that's true. I mean, I you know I, I I do too. But is there is there feeling behind it? Right? I mean, maybe that's a um, 
maybe it's also unfair to, to project this in the third person. Um, when you pray, does this describe you? Maybe a better way of, that's, of asking that's the a, question. That's a better question. Yeah. Um, of course, they are offered plenty of responsive reading, um, and if you you know, are ever present in responsive reading, you'll know that the problem doesn't uh, get resolved by responsive readings. Um, if anything, for some reason, people are less inclined to read English out loud in prayer than Hebrew for some reason, um, or at least so it seems. But there is little responsiveness to what they read. No one knows how to shed a tear. Now, we mentioned this last week. What would you do if someone um, burst out in laughter in in prayer, or started breaking down sobbing, um, uh, not during, uh, say, Yizker, right, um, or Mishaberach. Um, would you look at them like they're crazy? Um, would you feel self-conscious if you were the one that was crying, because you would think that other people are looking at you as crazy, and therefore you, um, um, it's, you know, you put up this wall, you can't permit yourself to emote in prayer? Is there no tear in their souls? I'm going to skip the quote here. Assembled in the synagogue, everything is there. The body, the benches, the books. But one thing is absent, the soul. It's as if we all suffered from spiritual absenteeism. That's the, the, I love it. You know, it's like in the movies when they, when they mention the title of the movie in the movie. You know, like, forget it, it's Chinatown, right, or whatever, right? So, um, uh, I love that. Spiritual absenteeism, right? You're, you're present in synagogue, your body is there, but your soul's not. <coughs> in good prayer, words come from the soul. Sorry, in good prayer, words become one with the soul. Yet in our synagogues, people who are otherwise sensitive, vibrant, arresting, right? people with, with really dynamic personalities, sensitive souls, sit there aloof, listless, and lazy. The dead do not praise the Lord. Those who are spiritually dull cannot praise God. <laughs> okay, so that's that's the that's his identification of of the issue, right? Remember the questions: is he is he right about it? Um, and uh, uh, if he's if he's right, then what do we do about it? If he's wrong, is he wrong because that's not what prayer is supposed to be about, or is he wrong because that's not what's happening in synagogues and that's not what's happening inside people? Okay. Um, uh, I love this next paragraph um, with, with uh, um, I, I preface it saying I didn't write this paragraph um, I love the men's club and sisterhood and all the special Shabbats we have Okay, um, that we sense that this is a problem is evidenced by the many valiant but futile attempts to deal with it the problem namely of how to increase synagogue attendance Right. so this is the question that synagogues find themselves preoccupied with how do we get more people in shul? And Heschel's going to say that the problem isn't getting more people in shul. The problem is getting the people who are in shul to actually be there with their spirits. A variety of suggestions have been made, e.g. to bring the liturgy up to date by composing shorter and better prayers, uh, to invite distinguished speakers, radio commentators, and columnists to arrange congregational forums, panels, and symposia, to celebrate annual projects such as Jewish Culture Shabbat, Jewish War Veterans Shabbat, Boy Scouts Shabbat, Interfaith Shabbat. Why not a Shabbat Shabbat? 
to install stained glass windows, to place gold, silver, or blue pledge cards on the seats on which people would pledge regular attendance to remind people of their birthday dates, or in our case, to remind people of their yurtzeit dates, right? Um, so Heschel's arguing that these are, these are gimmicks to get butts in the seats. But you'll never really get, and you might temporarily get butts in the seats by doing some of these things, right? So we have a swell of attendance on Sisterhood Shabbat, on Men's Club Shabbat. But it doesn't translate to people actually um, uh, um, um, coming to shul or, or praying any differently, right? That's, and, that's, and, that's, and that's Heschel's main concern, right? His, his concern isn't, at least primarily, with how many people are present, but how present are the people who are there, um, well-intentioned as these suggestions may be, they do not deal with the core of the issue. Spiritual problems cannot be solved by administrative techniques. The problem is not how to fill the buildings, but how to inspire the hearts. And this is a problem to which techniques of commercial psychology can hardly be applied. Right? So marketing isn't going to solve the problem. Uh, uh, incentives you know, um, that are uh, um, not related to prayer itself specifically are, uh, are, uh, are, are, uh, can't solve the problem. The only thing that can solve the problem that Heschel identifies as the problem is an infusion of spirit, an allowance of spirit in, in, in the synagogue. The problem is not one of, of synagogue attendance, but of spiritual attendance. The problem is not how to attract bodies to enter the space of a temple, but how to inspire souls to enter an hour of spiritual concentration in the presence of God. The problem is time, not space. Okay, that's a, that, those are some technical ter- Heschel technical terms, time and space. Um, space means body and spirit, really. Right. Um, so the problem is not the bodies, the problem is the spirit. Okay, so the, and then he's going to get into a few uh, um, other issues, which we'll look at another time, right? So, okay, so that's that's the that's the central problem with uh, with the modern American synagogue as Heschel understands it. Um, the uh, it's not a problem of body, but it's a problem of spirit. Um, there's no soul in the synagogue, and the problem uh, and the problem becomes a problem of body because why would people come to synagogue if there's no soul there? And so we tried to address the problem by, by you know, thinking of creative ways to get more bodies there, but the real problem with the bodies is the problem of the soul. Okay, and I, I, let me try an answer. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, and I, keep, I keep hearing this, and I'm no great scholar of Kaplan or uh, Heschel, but it seems to me he is directly addressing, again, a lot of Kaplan's approach, that the community... That mm-hmm. having the people, the tochas is in the seat, and being there together is every bit, if not more important, than the words of the prayer. I, th- I think I think you're absolutely right. I mean, there was a line in the in the port, and I missed last week, but there's a line in here where he he says uh, something to that effect about uh, the. Now, of course, I can't see it. Um, prayer temple attendance has become the service of the community rather than the service of God, and to me, that's a direct address to the Kaplan view. That we're a community center. That's a key factor of the synagogue. Yeah. So I, um, I think that that I think you're partially right about that. Okay. Um, I think that that's a little bit unfair to Kaplan, um, because Kaplan 
did identify the community as um, as the you know um, uh, central feature of Jewish life, uh, but he also said that Judaism is a an, an, a constantly evolving religious civilization, right? And that uh, and and that um, he probably wouldn't he wouldn't have called it spirit. He would he would have called it uh, you know uh, accessing the power that makes for salvation. But that's at the core of the religious enterprise. So he would he argued for synagogues to become community centers, but he also. Um, uh, wasn't advocating that synagogues stop being synagogues too, right? So um, I, I don't know if ha- if Kaplan would 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 uh, he Heschel might be um, um, arguing against or the effects of Kaplan, right? Right. Um, but I'm not sure against Kaplan uh, specifically. But the but the 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 the, the, um, the landscape of the modern American synagogue yeah, the is the 1950s very, lands, right. landscape of the synagogue is very, very much the, by Kaplan, yeah. right? Um, so, uh, so, so you could be you could be right about that. Could be right about that. Well, uh, and let me take it a step further. Mm-hmm. That he saw the Reconstructionist, even within the conservative movement at that point, moving to be willing to change the words of prayer, um, which he, you know, he yeah. seems to say is not an answer in here. Right. Although, you know, again, I I think that Kaplan. I'm, um, I'm not focusing just yeah. on Kaplan now, but his influence. Right. So. You know the thing about the the thing about uh, um, Kaplan and Reconstructionism is um, is is that they they want you know um, uh, intellectual honesty in religious life, and so they don't want to say things in prayer that they don't really mean. Um, but I don't think that that's the kind of uh, 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 composing shorter and better prayers is what he means here. I think that he means well, you know, people aren't coming to services because they're too long, so let's cut out prayers to make them shorter to appeal to more people. Let's uh, um, let's you know let's uh, let's let, let's substitute you know um, uh, you know uh, uh, you know English hymns uh, for uh, for the Amida because it will it will speak to people more. Um, I don't, there, that may be, there may be some um, Reconstructionist influence in that endeavor, but I don't think that that's what Kaplan would have wanted in, in something else. Do you think if the uh, chief rabbinate were to uh, put forth an edict saying, we are, we are cutting down the C-door by 25%, that uh, there would be much objection in the world? Well, okay, so... It, <laughs> they said in order to save trees. I that, yeah. but, you know. um, uh, I, so I think that uh, you have a couple of problems there. Uh, the, the first is uh, the, the, the the status and authority of the chief rabbinate. Um, I, I said that with a little wink. Yes, I know, yeah. I know. Um, Reform of Trident. <laughs> um, so I guess, I guess one question I'd ask is, so, okay, what would you cut out? What's the twenty five percent that you would cut out if it were you? If you were the chief rabbi of the world, you know, I'd have to. I'd have the to chief cantor. All, all, yeah. all the silent davening, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there are certainly plenty of congregations that just skip right over pesukidism. Oh yeah, right. Sure. I, I would take out uh, as as the sinchol has done. No. The other you can work on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a famous joke about that, but I won't go. I, I mean. I, I, I just have a hard time believing that what we have. Look, 
on, I can appreciate it on so many different levels. We have this accretion of history and things that have been added, and, and each one reflects some period and something, an important piece of thought and all of that. But to, to believe for a moment that the people can sustain a spiritually intensive experience for three hours on a Shabbos morning, mm-hmm. it's just, it's beyond my scope today to believe that that's good for people. Um, yeah. And that, um, yeah. Uh, well, let me let me take your you thought. The same thing during the day, during the week, a half hour. How, how many? You still got to rush through it, right? And, yeah. Uh, I mean, so look, no matter how how yeah, much you cut, it's yeah. still going to be the same yeah, problem. I mean, yeah. uh, Musa for Shabbat. Yeah. You know that, that being serious uh-huh. now. You know, no matter. You can, it, obviously, you understand the reasons why it's recited, mm-hmm. and it's the time when most people are there. For prayer, and yet well, ultimately that, that shouldn't be the issue when when they're there when it's convenient. Well, but I, well, I'm not all right. But again, I'm going to what he was talking yeah. about here. But the, the bottom line is, you know, uh, you're praying for return of sacrifice. Yeah. So there's a <laughs> you know, and what is the spiritual, the deep spiritual meaning in the 21st or mid 20th century mm-hmm. ab- about the return? And I, you know, I don't endorse the Reconstructionist view because they concluded to take it out. Right. Though when I've gone to a Reconstructionist service, they'll often say, if you want a Dominic, go over there, we're going to talk about something else. Right. Yeah. I, uh, um, so, I mean, this, these, these are good points. I mean, I think, you're, I think that you're right, Chazen. Um, I, I think that, uh, um, I think that people have short attention spans. Um, there's a reason that TV shows are either you know 23 minutes or or, or, or 47 minutes, right? Uh, and, uh, um, uh, and and movies are generally are not more than two hours, um, you know, because it's it's hard to uh, um, to, to uh, it's hard to just sit for for that long. Um, on the other hand, um, I've been to places where. Um, I've had a, a, a sustained, profound um, a spiritual experience for the duration of three hours or more, right? Um, and and I know other people who have too. So I don't think it's I don't think it's impossible. I don't think that the time is the is the only issue. Um, uh, I think that uh, that that if 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 the spirit is there, it doesn't matter how long it is. So I'll I'll give you another example. Um, when I was uh, at uh, my uh, um, uh, retreat for Rabbis Without Borders, my last retreat for Rabbis Without Borders in New York, we uh, um, had an evening with the Kirtan Rabbi. You guys know what Kirtan is? Kirtan. Um, it's yeah. a form of meditation practice um, involving like response chanting. Right. Um, if you come to our meditation service uh, in a couple of weeks, we'll do some uh, Kirtan uh, chanting. Um, but uh, so so. Um, uh, we were uh, so the I was like very you know skeptical about it um, myself, um, but the um, uh, the the, um, the the guy was leading us in uh, in, in in chanting and um, it was chanting using you know Hebrew prayer Shema and, and Kaddish and things like that, um, and you know we're, we were chanting for what seemed like five minutes, and we finished a couple of uh, songs, and he said. You know, I don't know if you realize that we've been chanting now for 45 minutes, right? So it's possible. Wait a second. There's a there's a big distinction here. Yeah. 
you didn't cover all of the Matbe's tefillah. I understand. You, you <coughs> had an intense experience, and I may have had the same thing, okay? It's slightly different, but an hour and a half was filled with the most wonderful, mm-hmm. but there was time to, as I say, luxuriate over a line of tefillah. Uh, you know, a psalm, whatever, in, in, in such a way that it wasn't trying to pack all of that stuff in. And that's that's where I think we, we do have a burden today that is very, very real for, for, for our society, as much as I accept what you're saying. I, I, all I'm arguing is that, the, is that the time is not the only issue, right? Um, oh, I, and I think that, that you know... I, going, I yeah. agree with yeah. you entirely. I can, can I phrase the question differently, going back to the original point where he is, makes assumptions? How many people are actually spiritual seekers when they come to synagogue? I mean, I don't know the answer. Again, that's that goes to the individual, and yeah. I don't want to be judgmental on anybody, but there, he has seems to have an assumption that that... Well, his def, that goes to his very definition of what prayer is about. Is that what is that what prayer is about for most people? So, well, so I, right. So that that's one of the questions I wanted to uh, to, to have in, in our minds, right? Is he is he right about the point? Right? Um, is the point of prayer to uh, to seek out a, a spiritual experience, or is the point of prayer, or at least Jewish prayer, at least in large part, to 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 to, to come together? You know, to, to be present in community, um, to to have you know to, to sing together, to to cry together a little bit, right? To um, uh, I I don't know. I think that he would argue that um, everybody, whether they would whether they would acknowledge it or not, um, the, the 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 state of being human is to be a spiritual seeker, um, and therefore um, the synagogue is um, a, 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 um, is. A, a space where people can either um, um, actively uh, pursue the spirit or discover that they were seeking spirit all along, right? Um, and, and I agree with you, and I think that our, our fallacy sometimes is to not make the space for that within our service and to, to sort of accede to the, to the desires of those who just want to come to be together. Um, you know, that... The, Within that space, I, I'll give you an example. You've added um, the, uh, the 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 English reading of a of a reflective. Well, I don't know what you want to call that. A spirit, a something. Yeah. Meditative. With, yeah, meditative. Like a reflection. Yeah. Exactly. Which which says that everybody's now on equal footing for a moment where where we can take you know take an idea collectively that we're all focusing on um, and walk away together from from this regardless of whatever else we're doing there uh, in, in the morning so um, that's you know that's sort of a, a putting into practice this this idea that that we are coming together to as seekers um, and we we need to do that more I think uh, in our public prayer, and, and and there's two other points that to, to add to that, right? Which is, um, um, you know, the, there's a the, the the problem that he's identifying um, may be inherent in the act of praying from a book, praying from a set script, right? So we're not all actors, 
right? Um, so, you know, when we read, so a lot of us, when we, like, read a page of text out loud, um, it reads flat, and, uh, and, and uh, we have trouble, you know, intoning the, the, the feeling or the depth of it. And the additional problem is if, if what he wants is, um, you know, is, is, uh, is, is method acting, right? You read the script, and you become the script, and you, and you uh, emote the script, um, you have a problem of, of meaning, right? So people need to know what, if people don't know what they're reading from the Sidor, then how do they get the kind of feeling that Heschel's talking about? I think that's a problem, right? In Heschel's world, that's not a problem, because Heschel comes from a world where everybody knows what they're reading, right? Um, but, uh, you know, in the synagogue that he's talking about, I'm not so sure that that's a, um, that, that that's a, that's a reality. All right, so we solved the problem of the modern American synagogue. Congratulations, and uh, we'll see you, way, uh, you know, next I'll, week. I'll just I'll, I'll pose one other question. Would he be satisfied with today's independent minyanim of spiritual seekers, many of whom still can't read Hebrew, mm-hmm. but they are coming together ostensibly not because of the beautiful edifice? I, I think I think I think he would. I think that a lot of a lot of those places are doing so consciously as a, as as an attempt to embody what Heschel was talking about. Um, I don't know for a fact. Right? I'm sure he would have uh, you know choice words for some of them about some things that they're doing. Right? He was he he'd like to channel that prophetic voice of uh, of, of critic. Right? Um, uh, but uh, but I think that that uh, that they strive for. Um, for the uh, for kind of a aesthetic experience that I think Heschel was arguing for here.